Good day to you and yours, and welcome to another edition of the Audio Lore Podcast. I am the Audio Lorist. For lore you can hear, I read it, so you do not have to. Today we continue with Pathfinder's Quest, Chapter 2, Solace on Solace. Pathfinder Memory Log, Day 2. AJ Shea is such a great friend. It's too bad I have to fight her so many times in the games. It was very helpful to learn about the history of the frontier. I had no idea it was discovered so recently, only 400 years ago. <laughs> it's just a baby, and I love babies. Or maybe that's a long time ago. Either way, a lot of stuff has happened since then, and I can't wait to learn more about it. I would think... If I were created in the core systems before the frontier was discovered, I'd probably have been a cellular telephone or a laptop computer because those two items seemed to be what people could not live without in those times, which means I'd have had a lot of friends who needed me. I'm not sure if what I feel is actually a feeling, but whatever it is, I like the feeling of being needed, like how Henry Hammond was needed for humanity to explore the frontier or how BT-7274 needed to sacrifice himself in order to stop the IMC. Ah, oh, that second one is sad. I remember hearing that story all over the place. The Heroes of Harmony, Pilot Jack Cooper, and the Vanguard Titan BT. Maybe I'll learn more about them on my quest. They also needed each other to survive, and that's so sweet. I hope that I was created because I was needed. When I meet my creator, I will be sure to ask them that. It's exciting knowing that I'm on the right track to those answers. My chat with AJ has helped me narrow down my search to the Outlands. I know I woke up somewhere there, but I don't really know much about it. My jolly good friend Gibraltar might be able to help me. So here I come, Planet Solace. Woo! Clue box. Transmission clues. Chevrex, which is Lifeline's parents' company. The future of the Outlands. Dr. Amilipa, the event, Alecki, Iris. Self-motivation quote. Searching, one result found. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Lao Tzu. Gibraltar. Real name, Makoa Gibraltar. Age 30, homeworld solace. Tactical ability, domus protection, Passive ability, gun shield. Ultimate ability, defensive bombardment. Gibraltar is a gentle giant with a wild side. The son of two Saras, Search and Rescue Association of Solace, volunteers. He has always been skilled at getting others out of dangerous situations that are common in the Outlands. However, he only began to understand the value of protecting others when he and his boyfriend stole his father's motorcycle, took it on a joyride, and got trapped by a deadly mudslide. <coughs> his parents saved them, and his father lost an arm in the process. Gibraltar has never forgotten that sacrifice, and has devoted his life to helping those in need. The Apex Games didn't change that, but they changed what it meant. Many of Gibraltar's friends and colleagues have competed in the games for extra money, fame, and glory over the years, and some never came home. Gibraltar joined to keep them safe. And for the first time, his skills as a rescuer and his rebellious nature worked together. 
He's now become an icon in the Apex games, putting himself in the line of fire to protect his squad and send his opponents running for cover. Hello, Gibraltar. I came to ask you about the Outlands. What do you know? <laughs> now, isn't that a loaded question, Britta? Long story short, I grew up here on Solace, and I love it. It may not have been that way for everyone, but I tell you, it's been a good time. Of course, I'm a positive guy, so what do you expect? My parents raised me that way. And what about the long story? That's what you want, huh? Well, my shiny little friend, the history here goes back a long time, and the Gibraltar family was there right from the start. A lot has changed since then, and it keeps changing. The Outlands weren't always the ray of sunshine we see today. You know what I mean, Path? I don't know what you mean, but I like that you call me Path. When I was born, the IMC ran the show. I'm sure Bangalore or another legend knows a bit more than me on how they got there. But what I do know is that there was a split between those who came with them and those who have lived here for generations. The, la the latter is where I came from. The Gibraltar family was part of the very first expeditions that came to the Outlands for over 400 years ago. I remember my Kapuna telling me stories. She said it took almost 20 years for our family and thousands of others to travel across the unexplored frontier from the core systems to reach our new home here on Solace. It was one way to change a life or two, but the Gibraltars have always had something constant. As she pointed at my chest and said, Our hearts. And then she'd tell a story that had been passed down from Kapuna to Grandchild for a long time. A journey of a little mouse. My jolly Gibby, listen closely, for this is the journey of a little mouse. Many courageous civilians volunteered for the journey across the frontier with hopes for better lives for their families, including our own. Some knew each other, some did not, but they all knew they had to learn to live in peace aboard the IMS Nostos, if they had any chance of surviving the long trip. And they did, for the first few years. But as tensions rose, our distant relative Pio Gibraltar hit his limit and lost control. Consumed with stress and madness, Pio, the great man he was, almost destroyed the entire vessel. He spent the next year locked away in the brig, and that is where his life turned around. Th that is where our future turned around. That is where he met the little mouse. Alone in a jail cell, Pio befriended this helpless little animal. How it got on board or how it had remained alive for so long is unknown, but how it continued to live from that point on is the basis for what us Gibraltars believe. Protect the innocent. That little mouse found Pio at his lowest, and without saying a word, was able to teach him that survival comes from the heart, just as much from the mind. Despite Pio's relatively intimidating size, the little mouse showed no fear, no hate, only love. That is what Pio needed to be reminded of, and that is something our family can never forget. As long as we take care of those who need us, we will be rewarded with the courage and strength to continue surviving. Day by day in that cell, Pio watched over the little mouse as it watched over him. He shared his meals, shared his stories, and shared his time. It's an important lesson, my jolly Gibby, to share your time and learn from others. That's exactly what Pio discovered through the little mouse. 
He never named it because it was not his place to do so. The little mouse was not a pet, but a friend. They simply watched over it as it watched over him. Outside the cell, Diamus Nostos had completed half of its initial journey, but reports showed it would possibly take much longer than originally expected. Communications with the other IMC expedition vessels were lost, and the understanding that they were completely on their own finally sunk in among the passengers and crew. Fear and doubt spread like wildfire throughout the vessel right about the time Pio was released, but he did not lose control. In fact, he took this as a challenge against what he had learned during his time in confinement. Pio believed the residents' dependence on the IMC clouded their true potential, and what they needed was to be reminded of the courage and strength that they had possessed from the day they set out on their journey. With a little mouse safe inside his pocket, Pio volunteered to spearhead the development of a small community-run recreational center. Pio believed the residents of the IMS Nostos needed a place where they could spend time together and learn from each other. Unlike the school, the Little Mouse Recreational Center invited all who cared to join day and night to tell stories, play games, and ultimately become united. When the IMS Nostos arrived on the planet Solus nearly ten years later, the first journey first colony was named Little Mouse, which is where you were born, only 10 kilometers outside Salas City. The colonists put their differences aside, took their doubt and fear, and replaced it with hope. Working together, the residents and their descendants became the first to colonize the Outlands. <coughs> Pio lived a long and full life, and the Little Mouse continues to live in this story from generation to generation. From our ancestor Pio to your grandfather Aleki, and now to you. Good night, my golly Jimmy. Wow, I've been to that town. It's where I grew up, brother. My family never left, which is why it's so nice. <laughs> but of course, some colonies grew just a bit too big to handle, kind of like me. <laughs> Working together became more of a challenge, but that didn't stop the Gibraltars from doing their part to help those in need. You see, we always looked out for others. That never stopped. It was the Gibraltars who created Saras. Who is Saras? Not a who, my metal brother. The Search and Rescue Association of Saras was created by my family about 200 years ago. There was supposed to be support from other IMC expeditions, but they never came, so our people took it upon themselves to build their own lives. They didn't do too bad of a job, either, considering the lack of resources and differences of opinions. It wasn't harmony, but it was what was needed at the time to keep things moving forward and to survive. Saras was open to all volunteers and took donations from whoever they could. I think I've got some old stuff from that time. Gibraltars tend to keep things longer than they should. <laughs> Saras sounds like a fun group of friends. I think it was when it first started... But from what I was told, things changed a bit when the IMC came back around the mid-2600s to reclaim what they believed belonged to them. The Outlands had become home to generations of us early settlers, so someone laying claim to what we built? <laughs> well, let's just say it didn't go over so well at first. Some battles were fought, but in the end the IMC promised safety, security, resources, and practically everything we needed to expand our home and prolong our survival. Agreements were made, and within a day, 
IMC outposts, factories, and facilities began popping up all over the place. And there was a, a building, market, or street corner without IMC security watching over you. Even the outer territories saw, saw their share of IMC presence, despite their opposition. I know some people felt safer, like it was a good choice and made for better living. They even created the Thunderdome Bloodsport at Kings Canyon, which brought some jobs to Solace. But there were still too many who knew the IMC was up to no good. They were right to not to trust them, because when the frontier wars came to an end, we were all abandoned. Oh no, what did you do? <coughs> Solace was one of the last places the IMC left, so in some ways we were luckier than others. When the Civil War broke out, many people on Solace refused to get involved, even the Gibraltars. We were selfish and stayed to protect our own instead, and I didn't agree with it at all. It got dangerous on their path, dozens of territories killing each other over power, and there I was arguing with my parents, being told not to help for the, for the first time in my life. I had friends who fought and friends who died in that war, I know our poor buddy Elliot lost his brothers, and I'm sure there are a few other legends who could probably tell you a bit more about that war, but not me. So to answer your question about what I did, I ran away. I made my way to Solace City and picked up a job working at the Thunderdome. There weren't many places a 14-year-old boy like myself could get a job, but the Thunderdome was on its last legs and took on whoever walked through the door. I think it closed down for a good few years later in the 2719 when the IMC left Solace. I survived on my own for a few months, which wasn't easy. I sent letters to my parents just so they'd know I was fine, but not to come looking for me. It was a lonely time in my life, but that's where I met someone very important to me. His name was Nick Gentile. Nick and I worked at the Thunderdome. We cleaned the seats after the games, stocked the markets with food and drink. It was a part-time gig, but at least we got to watch some of the fighters. I learned some of my moves from them, you know. I always wanted to jump down and fight, but Nick held me back, which was probably good because I would have been quickly destroyed. <laughs> I guess I figured if I couldn't fight in the war, that maybe the games would scratch that itch. But when the games shut down, me and Nick found ourselves out of a job and with barely a coin to our name. One night, we got to chatting about the war. I told him the story of Little Mouse, about how I wanted to join the fight because that's what a real Gibraltar would do, and that's when I told him my plan. I convinced him that we should run away together, join the fight, and do whatever it took to protect our friends together. I could have just gone by myself, but maybe I didn't want to go alone, or maybe I didn't want to leave Nick. I think Nick knew that, or maybe I pressured him into thinking that. Either way, we were both in. It was the middle of the night, and I snuck back into my parents' home. I had packed up a duffel bag with everything I thought I'd need, and left a note before stealing my father's old motorbike to go pick up Nick. <clears throat> I remember it was starting to rain that night, and I began to have second thoughts. But I knew when Nick stuck out of his window that this was the right thing to do. We had booked charter to Gaia, right outside of Sala City, not too far from Little Mouse, but I remember being in a rush. <laughs> Nick always took a little longer to get ready than I did. So I decided to take a shortcut through the Cascade Mountains. Big mistake, brother. Big mistake. I remember the skies went from this beautiful, bright purple 
to being covered by a blanket of dark rain clouds as far as the eye could see in only seconds. And in that same amount of time, a blink of an eye, I lost control of the bike. I almost hit an oncoming vehicle but dodged it only to crash through the guardrail and skid off the side of the cliff. When the dust settled, Nick was completely knocked out. The bike had crashed at the bottom of the cliff but we somehow managed to get caught on a rocky ledge just before the final drop. When I tried to move him I noticed his leg was completely broken and his whole body was barely hanging on the precipice. I pulled him back on the ledge but brother, it was not safe at all. The ground was unstable and it was only getting worse with the rain. I only had one choice. Wait and hope the Saras was already on their way. Luckily, my father, Miko, is quick to respond to any call. It didn't take long before I heard the sounds of the Saras transports coming our way. I tried to wake up Nick, but he wasn't budging. I knew he had to get help fast. My parents taught me a thing or two about how to save a life with Saras procedures, so I did what I could to get Nick ready to be carried up. When they arrived, it wasn't until my father rappelled down that he realized he was rescuing his own son. I remember the look in his eyes, everything from shock to disappointment to relief. I knew he was really going to let me know that I had done wrong and let me have it. But not right then and not right there. We both knew that Nick had to go up first, so we worked together and strapped him to a harness and pulled him up. Then as luck would have it, a monstrous Gibraltar-sized roar of rain sent a mudslide down the hill. Nick was pulled up just in time, but my father and I were sent further down the cliff. We crashed in the 20 meters down with my father's arm completely crushed under a rock. I still remember the taste of the water and mud that had almost killed us. I had to think quick to save our lives, so I grabbed my father's bubble shield and covered us. The debris kept falling, but that handy shield protected us both just long enough for Saras to send another team down to get us. You know what, brother? That was the first time I ever used that bubble shield. But that's not why I remember that night. I put a lot of people in danger. Nick, the whole Saras team, myself, and my father, who lost his arm because of me. But he didn't know that. For some reason, Nick took the fall for me. I don't know why he did it. Chalk it up to his gratitude at being sent up first or the grand stupidity of young love. But when Nick was questioned, he said the whole thing was his idea. That he stole the bike and he was driving it. As my father and I were lifted up into the clouds, Nick gave me a look that said, Don't worry, it's going to be alright. But I knew even then it wouldn't be. I walked up to my father at the hospital as guilty as the sky was blue, but he didn't yell. He just looked at me, smiled, and said, I know, I know, my son, but breaking rules is sometimes part of life. As long as there is someone there who has your back, you will survive. You did good out there, Makoa. Remember, you're a Gibraltar. It's in your blood to protect your own promise you'll do that. I never told him the truth. <laughs> I've never really told anyone that truth. Nick's parents wanted him to learn his lesson and had sent him to a juvenile delinquency center. To this day, I don't know what happened there. We lost touch. I tracked him down years later. It was bad. Involved with the wrong people, relying on the wrong things to get through the day. That damn place turned a good kid with a heart of gold 
into a criminal with no hope. And now he had a baby, a little boy. He got the wrong future because I was too scared to tell the truth. That kind of mistake eats you up, brother. How do you make up for that? How do you give back a lifetime? After that, I realized I couldn't leave Solace because Solace needed me. It wasn't long after that my father handed me the bubble shield and told me to get practicing because it was time for me to change a life. And I did. For him, for Pio, and for Nick. And that's why you joined the Apex Games. It all makes so much sense to me, friend. <laughs> that's true, brother. My place in the games does kind of throw a wrench in the whole protecting lives thing, at least for those who don't really know me. After I joined Saurus, when I hit about 22, the Outlands were getting even more populated than we've ever been with the whole migration. My friend AJ mentioned the migration. Sounds like fun, and a lot of work. They started coming around the start of the Civil War, just after the blackout of 2720. They brought everything they could carry, just like us. They were abandoned and just looking for a place to survive. The Civil War ended when the Mercenary Syndicate Treaty was signed, and that pretty much helped stabilize the Outlands, at least for those who signed it. There were a few who didn't, and those are now part of the Fringe Worlds. Sorry, but I don't know much about them. Not many do. But I do know that my home planet of Solace became the center of the Syndicate's biggest project to help rebuild the Outlands, the Apex Games. You know, but uh, I like to think there's a reason for everything. I stole that bike. I put the person I loved in danger. My Makua Kane lost his arm. All for a reason. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I believe I was meant to be here when those desperate, innocent people came to the Outlands searching for a home. If I had gone to fight in the Civil War, I may not have been around to change all the lives I've changed since working with Saurus. But I was. Not only did the population of Solace triple when the treaty was signed, but it's also where the Syndicate brought back the old Thunderdome that Nick and I used to work at. I guess they believed it would help bring jobs and whatever else we needed to get the Outlands back on their feet. And who am I to argue? It worked. Of course, there are many who didn't really like the idea of a blood sport, and I don't blame them. It's a dangerous place, and it's only meant for those who understand that risk. But we're not killers. We all have our own reason to fight. But very few, few do it for that reason. I'm just searching for my creator. It's been a mystery for my whole time of living. That's right, brother. And that's what led you to me. But I'm sorry to say I'm not the one with the answers, my friend. Solace is a good place to start. But the great mysteries of this place lie in King's Canyon. I see it's part of your little recording, too. I know Wraith has connections there, but the wonderful little Natalie Paquette is our expert on that island. She grew up there and knows all its secrets. <coughs> I know, Watson. Thank you, friend. Goodbye. Not a problem, brother. Just remember, you were built for a reason, just like I was. We all have a place in this world, and sometimes you've just got to let it find you. Best of luck to you, Path. Data points received. The Outlands were discovered in the early 2300s by early IMC expeditions. The IMC Nostos was one of the first to colonize planet Solace. The Gibraltar family settled in Little Mouse, 10 kilometers outside Solace City. Assistance and support promised by the IMC never came. 
The people of the Outlands were forced to survive on their own. The Search and Rescue Association of Salus, a.k.a. Saros, was founded in 2525. After generations of people made the Outlands home by building cities and towns across planets, the IMC finally returned to reclaim what they believed was theirs in the mid-2600s. The IMC promised safety, security, and resources in exchange for intel, control of certain lands and resources, and the freedom to install a series of outposts, factories, and facilities throughout the Outlands, despite oppositions from the Outer Territories. The IMC established the Thunderdome Bloodsport at Kings Canyon to bring entertainment and jobs to the planet. From 2713 to 2719, IMC forces abandoned the Outlands in order to support the frontier wars, closing down all outposts and facilities and, eventually, the Thunderdome. <coughs> the result was a feud of power, feud for power among the Outlands territory, the Outlands Civil War. See Mirage for more info on the Civil War. The blackout brought a large migration of those abandoned by both the IMC and the militia from the frontier to the Outlands for survival. The Outlands Civil War ended with a mercenary syndicate treaty signed in 2723, which brought back jobs, safety, infrastructure, and the revival of the Thunderdome on Solace, now called the Apex Games. Those who signed benefit from the games, those who didn't, do not. The Apex Games on Kings Canyon may hold answers. See Watson for expert info on Kings Canyon. See Wraith for more connections to King Canyon. And that's all for today, folks. Thank you for so much for listening. I appreciate you. Go forth, be glorious, and have yourself a marvelous day.